Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. Welcome back, rappers. It's good to be with you today. Uh, as you can probably tell already, I am on the road. I uh, oftentimes, to pass the time during uh, trips when I go and speak places, uh, I try to listen to as many podcasts as I can, and occasionally I will record one. Missy's not with me as of yet. She's uh, on another trip with her uh, cousins. They're on a little uh, excursion to Nashville, and so I know they're having a great time, and we, um, we did plan this so that way she could be away and I could be away at the same time. Um, but just super excited for the gospel meeting coming up in Loosedale. I'm going to be doing a four-day gospel meeting at the Rocky Creek Church Christ, and this is in Loosedale, Mississippi. And so as I'm en route, I started thinking about some of the uh, recent blogs that I've been reading and uh, even the blog that I wrote here just this last week and thought maybe I would share a few things uh, to be able to help maybe navigate some of this uh, ongoing feud between some of our brethren online. And I'll preface it with this, and that is that, and, and I've done many blogs and many different podcasts on using social media and the pros and cons. I've talked about the dangers of passive-aggressive posts and saying something about someone without saying something about someone. And so you know if you've listened to this podcast for the last three years, you know where I stand on a lot of that information and how, how I personally process information online. But uh, here recently, and if you follow me, then I'm probably not saying anything new. If not, I'm going to give you a little bit of the background. Recently, uh, we had a congregation in our local area that did some things that, uh, and it's been a, a pattern of behavior over the last at least two years, where little things have started to grow into big things. And uh, because of that, I get an unbelievable amount of feedback, and I'm talking about because we're in a, we're in a we're in a retirement community, okay? We're in a, a resort style, vacation style community, so we have a lot of people coming through. And I I've, I had this issue when we were in uh, Gulf Shores. There 12 years, been here, on and off in various roles for the last four years at Somerdale. And so we we've had a an uptick, let's say, in visitors. And when I say that, I mean since the beginning of this year, I cannot remember a single service, maybe a Wednesday night, a rare Wednesday night or Sunday night, that we haven't had visitors. And in fact, every single Sunday morning for at least the last year, maybe more, we've had an unusual amount of visitors. And that we've, we're blessed by that because there are so many people that are still out, believe it or not, still out because of COVID. Uh, people that have chosen to just stay online. We've had a lot of people that have moved away or passed away over the last two years. And so because of that, our numbers are not where they used to be. And we saw the numbers declining just before COVID, so this didn't help at all. But 
needless to say, we've had a lot of people coming in and visiting. And those on Sunday mornings uh, have become more and more from even our local community. And people have come in and they say things. They they talk to our elders. They talk to me. They talk to our youth minister. They talk to my wife. They talk to other people that have moved into our community. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of change happening on the Alabama Gulf Coast. There's a lot of change. Uh, churches are uh, re-identifying themselves or rebranding themselves. And because of that, it has left some church families in the dust. We've got one that just basically, if it doesn't close its doors in the next year, I will be highly surprised. It's gone from a two, three hundred member church down to just a few dozen people. And we've had some new church plants. We've had a new congregation spring up in our area. And there, there was another one not far from us that, that lasted for just a few weeks and then folded because they just couldn't keep it up financially didn't have the right man really leading the charge so there's a lot of there's a lot of difficult things we'll say that are happening on the Alabama Gulf Coast and because of that it has brought some strife into the fellowship that we have with other congregations we had we had specific people that would not come to our area-wide because they felt like we were too conservative okay or at least that's what I was told. Um, we have others that have distanced themselves because they say that we're in accepting of certain congregations that do things that are very much unlike us. In other words, they're more to the left than we are. And so they come to our area things and so forth. But I can honestly say that in the pandemic and since we're starting to break free of this, we've restarted our area ministers meetings and i know there are a couple that they teach and they're unable to be there but for the most part uh we have we have lost a tremendous amount billy uh, posted a picture yesterday or today of our group meeting just seven years ago now in the picture there are three i think that have passed away and there are about five that have moved to other churches but the rest are still there still in our area and our forum, our little ministers group, is not just South Alabama, and that is Baldwin County and, um, and, and Mobile County, and there may be a few others from some other areas, but also some come from Florida, uh, some come from uh, South Mississippi. When I moved here, I used to always joke because... Uh, our youth minister at the time, Jeremy Brown, he'd say, well, we're going to the area wide. And I'm like, where are you going? He'd tell me. I'd be like, it's an hour and a half away. Uh, that, that's that's not an area wide. <laughs> and so you've got people that are living over in Pace and Milton and uh, far to the, to the east of Pensacola, which is an hour from us, that are coming all the way not only to our neck of the woods, but across the county into Mobile County, and then on up into Loosedale, where I'm going to be doing this meeting this week. And so it, I called it the tri-statewide. And I know that the, the guys, I was youth minister for a long time here and, and uh, worked, with the, worked with the other youth ministers. And I would, I would joke frequently with our elders that we have a tri-statewide because there are kids from Loosedale, Mississippi, that will travel to a quote-unquote area-wide once a month that could be as far as you know, Santa Rosa or Milton, Florida, which we're talking about.
more than two hours driving. That's not an area wide. So, you know, and I always wondered why we didn't do more local stuff between the area churches in Mobile and in uh, Baldwin County. And I have lived and worked here for over 15 years. But I have seen recently a major divide between us, between all of the churches, not all of them, but individually some of the congregations. And um, it, it obviously caused me a little concern, you know, when we have events and they don't come. And uh, and this has been going on for a while now. You know, we'll have a vacation Bible school where just a few years ago area churches would bring a bus or two buses loads over uh, to no one, not a single person from their church coming. They still want us to come to theirs, but they, they don't support ours anymore. And we'll do um, gospel meetings and we'll do... Uh, outreach efforts and all kinds of local community events and not a soul, not a soul from another church. Uh, now, when we did our meeting this last uh, one in, I guess it was October, uh, Travis Harmon came and spoke at our church, did a phenomenal job. Our, our gospel meeting was, it was the best one I've attended in a long time, really the only one I had attended other than speaking at in a while. We've had fifth Sundays and so forth, but he did great and we had one couple that came from uh, a church in Daphne, and we had one man and his son that came from Spanish Fort, and that was it. And those were on two separate nights. And so that was that was kind of discouraging, but, you know, we pushed through. And then we have the, like I said, the, the monthly get-togethers with our congregations in the area, and, and, and there's very few. The guys come from Mississippi. A couple of local guys will come. But there's this great disconnect where we, at you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, had such unity. And it has continued to get worse because of social media and because a lot of the things that congregations are doing, which personally I am not a fan of, I, I think it is uh, a departure from the faith. I think that it is a uh, – th- there are certain things that are done that – I, I would say if I were preaching at that congregation and it were done, I would not stay. I would leave immediately because it shows me the direction of the elders, um, of other staff members, and of the congregation itself to go in a vastly different direction from what I think we need to do to be the New Testament church. But that that aside, okay, it's very difficult when you're a local minister and you have disagreements with other local churches. You know, you don't want to call somebody out. You don't want to go on there. And this is kind of what happened. You, you don't really want to go on to the Internet and tag someone in a post or say something publicly about this individual and or these individuals because it's more than one church. And so we try we try our best, you know, to be uni- in unity and in love and try to be kind to everybody. But other than having a connection uh, through, say, school or occasional connection at another lectureship or seminar, there is zero fellowship between all of these congregations. You have the area-wide, but not all of them will go to every area-wide because of who who participates. So it has brought this unrest, okay? And if you are a minister and you're listening to this, maybe you can relate to the fact that as a local member – and as a local church leader, 
you want to be able to have unity with everybody. You need, we need everybody on board and working and serving and headed in the right direction. But what do you do? What do you do when another congregation decides to do something absolutely off the wall? Like, you know, they call up a local church that meets in a bar and they say, why don't we have a, a youth event together? And y'all band perform and, and our guys will speak and, um, you know, we'll have a huge uh, Christian rock concert slash worship service and uh, we'll bring in seven different denominational guys or eight different denominational guys. We'll advertise it as a one one church event, one night, one church event. And so, you you know, you're reading through the paper and you don't see it. No, no, nobody would have even brought this to my attention, but you pay for an ad on Facebook or Instagram, and so every time you log on, it's there. It's there. It's in your face every single day that that something like that's happening. And you go, well, you know, that I don't agree with that. I think that's dangerous. But you know, they don't have services anymore on Sunday night. And really, Wednesday night isn't a service either. It's more of a let's eat and talk type thing. Um, and so congregations are calling you. Uh, people in the community are calling you. Members of their church that will, that are against it are trying to decide if they're going to leave, and they're calling you and texting you and emailing you. Which, by the way, let me let me say this too. And this is my this is always my answer. And you can ask anybody that has called me with these questions. This is what I say. They say, "Well, what do we do about such and such? You know, what about this that's going on at our congregation? You know, we feel like it's time for us to leave, and we want to go to another church." And my response. 100% of the time is you need to stay. You need to stay. I mean, you need to stay as long as you can. Now, if there is if there's false teaching and it's to the point that it is every service contradictory scripture, you need to get out and find a more healthy place to grow spiritually. And you need to be somewhere that will teach the Bible and not teach opinions and books that don't belong in the Bible, okay? But for the most part, I usually will say stay. Stick it out. Work through it. Um, Ministers come and go. They're a dime a dozen. Preachers will come into a church, preach false doctrine, spread hate, spread disunity, and they'll just move to another congregation that pays them more. And that's just the truth of what the reality is when it comes to ministry. A lot of preachers are, are in it for name recognition, um, or either that or they're riding the coattails of another family member, minister, you know, maybe a father, grandfather. And or they have they've done one thing that that people say oh that's a great thing so they just kind of ride that on a high and it's all about glory and you know being able to be a name that everybody knows loves and respects okay and so because of that preachers will come into a congregation and they'll just kind of they'll and the first year you know is the honeymoon so pretty much you know you kind of get away with whatever if they love you and they think you're doing a good job. And then as the years go by, you, well, now, wait a minute, I really don't agree with, well, you've been letting this go on for the last year. You can't really do anything about it. And so before you know it, the tide has turned and the teaching has changed and the environment has changed. It's less about, you know, standing up behind the pulpit and preaching the Word of God and more about an entertaining show, you know, with flashy colors and well-dressed guys and uh, strategically placed emotional songs and, um, you know, uh, lots of flair and dr and dramatic. Uh, that is what that's what people, when you're looking at non-denominational churches, that's what people are looking for, right? And so they can come in and do that, and then in two, three, four years down the road, they can just take another job. They 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 push their agenda. They do the best they can. They get a few followers behind them, and then they just move, and it leaves the church in in disarray. 
and and I think that can be very dangerous. But what do you do? What do you do when people every almost every single day of your week are calling you and saying, "What would you do? Would you leave? Would you stay?" And my response almost every single time is, "Stay. Stick it out. Hang in there. You know, don't leave. Try to make it better." And things will things will change. Eventually, will change. Be a voice of reason. Be a voice of scripture. You know, talk on behalf of God. You know, let God's word speak. But at some point, if things are not changing, then there has to be a break. And most elderships are pretty weak in that if they have someone who is somewhat of a celebrity in the community or in the brotherhood or has a very popular, famous last name, that the elders don't know what to do. And so instead of confronting what's being taught, they often dismiss it and say, well, just, just please try not to bring that up in the pulpit. Let's, let's try to avoid those topics. Or, well, don't you see all the other good things that he's doing? And, you know, his wife is such a great Bible class teacher, and, you know, his kids are fantastic, and they're great leaders in the youth group. And so you can get away with it for a little while. But what we've got to do, first of all, as, as churches, as congregations, members of a church like this, you need to stand up when something's being taught that's false or something's being practiced that you see as unbiblical. So you need to stand up. The second thing is we need to get behind our elders and we need to push them to be shepherds of the pasture. You know, it is not the preacher's responsibility to determine all of the food that's fed to the church. It is the elder's job to shepherd the flock. And our elders, listen to me, if you're an elder of the church, listen, do not be afraid to stand up. Gain strength and comfort from the Word of God and from the plan that God has put in place for the leadership of the kingdom and grow a backbone and stand up to things that are being practiced that are not true, not correct. We can't worship in spirit and in truth if we're choosing to follow denominational patterns and uh, you know things that are going to be divisive in our area, in our community, and with other churches. We've got to be more careful. So, men, I'm, I'm begging you, elders wise, if you're listening, encourage encourage our elders to stand up. Men, listen to me. Elders, listen to me. You will be held accountable on the day of judgment for what is taught in your pulpits and what is taught in your classrooms. You have a higher level of authority and accountability than the rest of us do. You need to stand firm. One of the things about my elders, and I know that a couple of them will probably listen to the podcast, which is great, but one of the things that I love about my elders is they're not afraid to tell me what they think and how they feel about something. That's I don't always agree with my elders. I don't agree with, you know, sometimes in congregations, if you've been somewhere for a long time, the minister you know, he has some good idea, and the elders go, nope, you know, that's not that's not it. But it's because the elders have a higher authority and a greater responsibility to care for the flock. So ministers have to have respect. And I love the fact that at, at Somerdale with our elders is they will call me in. They've called me in a couple times where we've sat down. I didn't even know what you we were talking about. By the way, don't do that to your preacher. You know, if you're an elder of the church, don't don't tell your pe- preacher 15 minutes before worship, we're going to meet with you after services. we got something we need to talk. Don't do that to him. Bless him. Don't do that. Don't do that. But 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 say, hey, on this night or this afternoon, we're going to have a meeting, and we're going to talk about some things. And I love that. Don't spring it on me, but I love that I can sit down with my elders, and I know pretty much.
much, even though I've only been here four years in a couple of different roles, I am never afraid of what my elders are going to tell me to teach or preach or what they specifically feel the congregation needs. Now, there are topics that they'll give me to preach on, and I'm like, eh, I don't really want to do that. You know, I don't, I'd, like a, I'd like to figure out a better way to do that, but, but I respect our elders enough and it's not just because it's a job. It's not just because it's a paycheck. This is because I respect our elders enough that they are taking responsibility for what the church needs to hear. Okay? Now, you need to trust your preacher to be able to do as best as he can do, right? You need to trust him. He's going to teach things that are correct. But elders also and ministers need to sit down, as we have done before the first of this next year, and determine now what all of our lessons are going to be pretty much i have and i love doing this i gave the elders a packet of information of all the classes and all the sermons that i would like to teach and preach in 2023 and to come up with a theme which is faith is the victory that's our theme where it's all about faith in this year so we are super super excited about that theme and that idea and our elders gave me a few little topics things like that that they want me to, to study gave me the freedom to interject it in whatever place and, and however i feel it it's it's necessary, but I'm telling you, it is really great to have a relationship where I know my elders are never going to ask me to teach something that is false, and they're and they're never going to support anything from the pulpit that is taught that is false. They are going to stand for what is right. We have a, a history, if you will, a legacy at our congregation for always standing for what is right having a backbone to stand. And that means sometimes standing up to those that continue, habitually do things that are wrong or that are false. Now, that doesn't mean we need to personally attack people. It does not mean that we need to, you know, sit down or, or have some kind of a, an open forum lectureship against certain brethren and what's going on at another church. But what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do, is enlighten if you will, maybe that's not a fair presentation of, of the concept, but at least to try to educate people on what is right. You see, here's the, great, here's the great thing about the truth. The truth is always the truth. The truth is going to set you free. So when you teach the truth and it parallels something that's false, there's going to be conflict. People are going to stand up and say, no, 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 that's, that, oh, that is, that is, in, that is, that is, you can't teach that because this church over here is doing the opposite of that. No, that's the thing about the truth. I'm not going to alter what I teach or how I teach it or on what Sunday I teach it because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings at a congregation down the road. I don't have to stir things up, but I am going to consistently teach and practice the truth. And that means I'm going to preach about what the concepts were of the New Testament church. And I'm going to say these are things, these are standards that we hold to. And, yeah, it's going to hurt some people's feelings. And it's not always intentional to be able to hurt somebody's feelings. But it does happen. It does happen when you teach and practice what is right. And so maybe you found yourself in this situation where you're like, what do I do? Well, in our case, if you've read my blog, is um, we had a church that uh, spent a considerable amount of time teaching about uh, a baptism, I'll just say, and then decided to have uh, one day at the end of this series where they all went out did this baptism service together. It wouldn't have been a problem, probably, I mean, obviously it was something that I disagree with, 
but again, there was a Facebook ad that was paid for. So whether or not you're friends of that congregation or you follow them, everyone is confronted with this ad that specifically says that it is for anyone calling in and any and all people, regardless of their faith, regardless of their uh, religious persuasion, to come out and be baptized. So the first thing we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. You know, get out and have a baptism. But uh, when you begin to look at the background of it and you see kind of what, what the, uh, the motives were, which I don't have to tell you, you could read the ad yourself, it's, there are just some things that call, are called into, into question. And so, uh, you know, I, I began to be concerned, thinking, well, what, shouldn't we talk to somebody, you know, about this? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we, you know, kind of gauge the, uh, um, gauge the, the uh, area churches and other congregations to see if we're, is it, is it wrong for us to um, call this out? You know, is it wrong for me to step up and say, hey, does anybody else see this as odd? You know, uh, at some point, at some point, the, the conversation has to come up. And, of course, your first thought is, well, and you talk to the individuals. Well, many of these men and women go to this congregation. The conversations have been had. Tough congregations have been had. We, we all know what's going on. We understand the significance of it. But, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? How do you, how do you proceed with something like this? Well, here's what we did. Here's what we did. Um, you know, several people in and out of this group, elders, youth ministers, ministers, have all been talking about some of these things that have been happening. And there's a lot more than this. These are just the most recent ones. And so, like I said, I decided to, to kind of gauge the other congregations to see what they thought of it. So I made a post. We have a local church page of all the churches that advertise their events and things like that. And so uh, I put on there, I was like, hey, here's some things that are going on. Uh, does anybody see anything that is contrary to Scripture? Or, I forget the exact way I worded it, which just basically what is, does anybody have a problem with this? Is what it would have said. Does anybody have a problem with this? Um, no need to call names, no need to say my opinion. Just, hey, is anybody else concerned about this? And that was it. Just a simple post. Well, and within 15 hours of the post, I was contacted by a couple people, members of that congregation, said, please take it offline. Please take it offline. And I said, well, I, I'm just asking a question to see if, you know, how other people feel about it. And I'm being honest with you that I disagree with this. I have a problem with this. And you know I have a problem with this, as I've had a problem with other things you're doing. And I've told you that consistently. But at some point, I felt like, we needed to see if if we were just being too extreme by saying, you know, joint worship services and giant, uh, um, you know, open-ended, regardless of faith, regardless of belief, regardless of confession, regardless of your thought about what baptism is itself, whether it's an outward sign of an inward grace or it's a statement of faith or whatever, just come on down and we're going to dunk you. You know, no preaching of the gospel, although they did have service. Uh, small service, small reading of text and stuff, from what I understand. But it was just, what's going on? So after getting these messages and uh, individuals saying to me, please, please take this offline. This is this is this is uh, this is something that uh, we just disagree with, and we don't want to, we don't want to start anything. So I said, okay, out of respect, 
I contacted my elders. I told them, I said, you know, this was posted on the local church page, not ours, but all the churches that share. And um, we'd only gotten three or four comments on there. Um, And in fact, two of them were positive. They said, oh, we think this is a great idea. So, um, you know, I said, I, I took their advice and decided that maybe we should just take it offline and see how it plays out. And that's the way it went for a couple days. Now, just because I posted that personal thing from that page, I automatically lost friends over it. <laughs> local churches, local members, ministers withdrew fellowship from me on Facebook because I posted that. And all I said was, does anybody see a problem with this? So I thought, well, now we're now we're in a situation where uh, they've drawn lines of fellowship. And they say, not only should you not say anything, you should never question anything that we do. Um, fast forward a couple more days. As time goes by, because this is a Facebook ad, okay, because this is a Facebook ad and because this is everybody and their brother knows what's going on down here. And I had a guy call me from Montgomery. Uh, I had one call me from Tennessee, and some of the folks that are in Tennessee are listening to the podcast, from Huntington, where I used to work, and um, and from other places that are calling and asking questions, because they saw the Facebook ads. And it's because they checked in at this congregation when they were on vacation. And so they all ask me the same thing. What's going on? I say, Matthew 18 says, go to your brother, go talk to them. All I can tell you is what I've seen. And again, all I've done is is fielded questions for something that they publicly said and did, okay? So at this point, I decided, well, you know what? Um, I think something needs to be said, but it's not going to be said by me. So I had a uh, friend in uh, Missouri. I'm originally from southwest Missouri. And uh, I had a a friend posted something, and I was like, whoa, his post is about what was going on. And he's he's in Branson, Missouri. Well, I read it, and I prayed about it. Missy and I talked about it. I was like, you know what? He's, he has a very, very good, um, you know, opinion and a very, I think, very well-documented, very very good scriptural, um, at least an introduction to the problem and maybe a solution. And he's basically saying that, that he, he believes in the urgency of baptism, that you can't wait a month. You should do it immediately. And I thought that's great. So I reposted it on my page. Again just reposted the article. I did not comment on it. I did not offer commentary on it. I simply shared the article. And another guy, another friend, posted an article about it. And these are individuals that I have never talked to on the phone. I did not email them. I did not text them. I did not IM them. I did not DM them. I had zero conversations with them or anyone from their congregation or any mutual friends, for that matter about the problems that were going on. And they immediately, people, I got, I got a call from a guy, uh, well, another guy in Montgomery, and he's like, I am so sorry, you know, from now on, we're going to come and visit with you. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I don't have anything to do with this. I have nothing to do with it. The comments that are going on, the craziness that's going on in this post, they're outside of my control because these are these are people that are just getting on there and ranting, fussing, and fighting. So every once in a while I would go on and I'd delete a comment or two that was real hateful. 
And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to let it play out. And so I went on, and I, I argued a little bit with people, and this goes on for – and, again, this wasn't like it was for a month. This is just a day, two days. So people start coming on there. Well, then the mud throwing starts. You know, they've got they've got sisters on there. Well, and uh, used to be members of the church, sisters used to be members of the church, young kids that are getting on there just running their mouths and, and saying things without any – without any justification, and, and actually trying to turn it into a personal attack against me as a minister and as a Christian and as a father. And I was like, wow, this is out of control. So I went to each of those young ladies' pages, which we were friends, by the way, even though they said we weren't. I was like, how you comment if you're not a friend? Uh, and, and one of them uh, has a, a regular post about how much she hates Christianity and she's given up on the church. And when I went over to her page, she had one thing saying that the churches of Christ were a cult. Okay? Wow. That uh, that stinks. And then the other, yeah, most of them were ladies. There was one young man, but most of them were ladies. And they were just ranting and raving. And then they're arguing with other people on my page. So finally I got on there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to delete it. And I said, went up there to the top post. That I'm going to be deleting everything. That's what I did. I deleted everything. And then here they come again. Uh, one one guy takes it upon himself. He's gonna he's gonna call me out on things. And of course he doesn't have any information right. He's he's uh, he's running his mouth about stuff. And I'm like, dude, you you really don't know what you're talking about. You 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 don't even you're not even paying attention. You didn't read what was going on. You've not talked to this. You've, maybe you've talked to the congregation about it, but you haven't talked to them about why they're doing it. And you're in support of it, obviously. And so uh, I said, why don't we take this to a separate page? There's no need to do this on, public, on a public page. And then, so I deleted everything again, and here we come again. And then people are going on my other posts. They're going on posts of other members and ministers trying to shame them into raising cause and concern over something that they felt like was a, you know, uh, a practice outside of biblical precedent. And not only that, uh, something that is sacred. Baptism is sacred. And so this continues to this very day, after the last week or two, to go on another pages because I have put it, I nipped it in the bud on my page. Um, and I don't know where the firestorms are at now. I don't know who all's getting... Uh, marked and struggling with this, but I know there are some, a lot of feelings that have been hurt from people in Alabama and in Mississippi and in Tennessee that there's unfriending of preachers and unfriending of youth ministers and uh, people are going out and saying things publicly, and it's affecting a lot of the things in our community. Um, I had a couple churches that contacted me and said, we have a big youth rally down here in, in January every year, and they said, we will not be coming back. And I was like, what for? And they go, well, if, you know, this church is teaching and practicing this, and this church is supporting those practices, you know, and coming, uh, how, commenting on how wonderful it is, how great it is, then uh, if these are the churches that run this youth event, we're not coming. And I immediately went into damage control. I was like, now, just be patient. You know, there are a lot of great congregations that are a part of that youth event, and they're like, yeah, but the joint worship service was held in the exact same location as where this youth been. I said, I understand that. I I get you, but I can almost 
I'm not going to guarantee you because we have to be unshockable and unshakable. But I do not believe that they're going to bring out instruments, you know, for worship at this event. I do not believe that they're going to intentionally get up and say, you know, we we don't believe baptism is something that needs to be done today. It can be at any time in the future. We'll just schedule a day and do it. I don't think anything like that's going to be said. I think that may even be considered to be a misrepresentation of what they were trying to accomplish. They just did it poor. And we all do that, too, by the way. We, we have great intentions, but we word it poorly or we fail to communicate it in a way that is um, accurate, something that's represented from a biblical perspective, in an excitement. And, and also, too, it, it has to do with who posts it. Now, really, a lot of the a lot of the backlash on this was the church itself and upon the minister of the congregation. But really, questions need to be brought up as to who paid for the advertisement, who posted the wording exactly like they did for these two events and for other events. You know what? Who's wording it like this to sound extremely denominational and unbiblical? So, uh, you know, there's a lot of that that comes into this. A lot of questions that come up. And so I want I want to say that we need to be in prayer for our local churches. And we need to be in prayer for, like I said, elders to stand up and teach what's right or to be able to encourage our ministers to teach what's right. Not not to be afraid or ashamed to tell sometimes a youth minister or a minister they need to go if they're teaching things that are false. Preaching jobs are just like preachers are a dime a dozen jobs, there's more jobs than there are preachers. It's okay to tell him, uh, you know, hey, look, it's not working out. Um, and ministers, you, if you're in a congregation that is heading in a different direction, it is your job to stand up and be a cheerleader for what is right. You know, you need to pray with your elders and say, hey, look, I don't really like the direction that things are going. There needs to be some tough conversations. And so I want to encourage you to pray for us. And it, it, like I said, this still hasn't this still hasn't been really dealt with. There's still a lot of animosity over this, and I would love to be able to gather around in a circle and pray about it and talk about it. I sincerely believe that's not going to happen, um, but I hope that I'm wrong. But at some point, uh-oh. <laughs> so we need to get together and pray and talk about it, and I want to encourage you to take this to prayer. You can read my blog if you want to get a little more information. I've gone way over on the podcast today. But um, but just pray for our local churches. Pray for unity that will be sought in a biblical framework and that if things that are being taught and practiced that are false, that there will be a, uh, a revival, an awakening of Scripture and of God's Spirit to teach and to do things in spirit and in truth. And I, that's what I'm praying. I'm praying that it helps all of us to take an opportunity to be more grounded in Scripture and to be able to communicate better and what we're trying to do in our community, and it is about souls. It's not about numbers. It's about souls. And when something's done that's false, truth must confront it. Um, and even if someone else posts it, you can share it to let people know that these are things that need to be called into question. So, anyways, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Probably gave you way more information. If you've stuck with me till now, I'm so glad that you did. Um, just just know that you are loved. The God God is working in your life. He's He's going to guide you. He's going to help you in many different ways. You have to trust in Him. But if you learn nothing else from the podcast today, stay grounded in the Word of God. 
because we'll pass away, the earth will pass away like flowers, like the grass, but God's word will last forever. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.